All right, guys, Ryan Matthews from Optimum Athletes. Got a special guest with us here today, one of my longtime friends, training partners. Don't think we were ever teammates, but we were definitely uh, on the other side of each other in the minor leagues a little bit. Um, like I said, we trained together a lot. We'll probably get to some of those stories. But uh, without further ado, we got Max Stassi, catcher for the Anaheim Angels. Max, we'll start it off with... Uh, you excited for this season, man? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm thrilled. Uh, been training in here this off season. Had a surgery on my uh, left hip. Got that repaired. So doing the rehab here at Kime with Evan, and then uh, you know doing my throwing program with you guys. Getting some swings in too. So nice. got it all here, all in one, and it's been great. Love it. All right. So first thing I kind of wanted to ask Max was um, was about his off season training every year. When I was still playing, I trained with Max and his brother Brock. Max, you were, I don't want to make this sound bad, but it's like you were kind of in there, then kind of out of there, kind of in there, kind of out of there. And it wasn't that you weren't doing stuff, but you always were trying to find more for yourself. And that's one thing that I look back on my career and I wish I would have been more like you, where it was like, if you didn't feel like you were getting something out of your training, you took it upon yourself and didn't make it anybody else's problem. You were like, I got to go find this. So how did you find the confidence and the ability to like know what you needed and like know kind of maybe if everybody else is training at this place in town and you're not getting what you needed, how did you feel confident to go seek out what you needed? I think the big thing for me was, um, for those who don't know, I had a, a big injury in high school, shoulder going into my draft year. So I didn't have a whole lot of help there. There was a bunch of people that were trying to help, but I was kind of left on my own at an early, early, you know, young age. And uh, that kind of like sparked something within for me that if I want to, you know, play this game for a long time, I know that I have to take care of my body and, and I got to go seek out those answers for myself. You know, at the end of the day, just reality is, is nobody's losing sleep over you. you right, know? Like, right. You know, your parents might be, and you know, your, your close family and friends, but you have to take ownership of your career. And that's something that I felt that with the injuries that I've had, and I've had probably you know five, six surgeries now in uh, my career, to be able to just really take ownership over everything I've done. And if, if I just didn't feel right, I would go out and you know I would talk to other guys, I would ask questions. And, and I think it's through experiences and failures too that everything that I've done and every place that I've seeked help from maybe hasn't helped me completely. And right. maybe I was going down some you know, bad rabbit holes. But I learned something from that and I was able to check that off the box and, right. and know that, hey, like this doesn't work for me. Cool. Like I tried it out and then I'm able to like shrink the amount of stuff that I've, you know, dove into and I know what works. And then I have this clear focus on, on what I want to do. That's amazing. I just want to uh, commend you on that and give you a compliment, man. You've done an amazing job from from when I seen you as a young 18 year old coming in, just drafted by the A's, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was kind of a wily vet in the minor leagues. <laughs> and uh, let's get to that a little bit, man. Um, how, I know you're an intense guy when you train. For those of you that don't know, Max spends probably four to five hours in the gym every day. And that's just the way he is, man. So um, one thing, I'll tell a short story about how Max and I kind of, in our training environment, uh, 
we were training one time and the radio was going and I had my music on there and I'm kind of the oldest guy in the gym and Max is squatting and he comes over and he changes the song for his set. And I just remember walking over to Max and I'm like, hey, until you got more weight than me on the bar, don't ever touch my music. And he just kind of politely went and pushed it back. And I think it was a month or two later, we were squatting and here comes Max and uh, he changes the music. And I turn around and look at him and he just kind of points at his rack and he's like, I'm squatting more than you. And I just turned around, tipped my hat and uh, let him change the music. So Max, it's kind of that competitive environment that I see you take on still to this day. Like we got young pro guys in the gym and like, if they're not going about it the right way, like you'll kind of let them know. Like, so how important is like that little bit of, I mean, that's a fun story that we had, but it was happening because we wanted to be competitive in the gym. How important is that competitive environment when you're training? I think it's huge. And I think here at Optimum Athletes and, and you know, with Kime, you know, the environment that, that these guys bring every single day and the intensity that these guys have is, you know, it's pretty special. And I think it's important as far as culture becomes and, and getting the most out of yourself too. Yeah. And being able to hold your, you know, the guys you train with, your teammates accountable to also push yourself too. Cause you know, if you're going to call somebody out or say something, you better back it up oh, or yeah. you're going to lose credibility real quick. So those little things, I feel like it's important to create the competitiveness in the weight room while we're not on the field. Right. Because I remember something you told me when I was younger is you want to make your training harder than the actual game. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a fine line. You know, I'm in here for quite a bit. I don't necessarily lift heavy weight for four or five hours, but I got different, you know, hip stuff that I do and core stuff. And, you know, I'll talk to some guys, hang out. But also the importance of like, you got to make your training session harder right. than the actual game or else the game will always be harder than what you're doing. That's a great point, man. That's outstanding. I'm going to touch a little bit more on, uh, I guess I threw it out there that you're in the gym for four to five hours. What does that look like? You know, um, I tell young kids all the time, the biggest difference between the high school age group and the pro guys that I played with, especially I'll take it even further, the guys that were successful and that have played as long as you did, played with guys like I, you know, played as long as with some of the guys that I played with, like Jason Wirth and those guys. And man, their scope of work looked different than a lot of guys, right? They were either in the weight room or the training room and stuff, taking care of their routine. And I see you do that. And like getting back to my point is high school kids will come in the gym and they're on the throwing wall or in the squat rack, you know, 20 minutes after they walked in. I don't have one pro guy that doesn't spend an hour almost prepping his body to get ready for, to prepare. Let's just go through kind of like what, your, what that long day in the gym looks like. I mean, I even see you eat meals in here sometimes in between, you know, stuff. Um, so just kind of walk us through your day, man. Yeah, so my uh, typical day, I wake up, I usually have two glasses of water, and then I go with four over easy eggs, a bagel, avocado every morning. I go, you know, two cups of coffee and then roll in here. I'm very routine oriented and it started, I would say at a young age, I would go to uh, Sac City uh, mental skills clinics put on by the director of player development with the Mariners now, Andy McKay. Yeah. You know, he established obviously before him, Jerry Weinstein. And then, you know, with, with Andy to continue the success that they've had and you went there and yep. 
I mean, the list of big leaguers and successful baseball players is pretty unbelievable. Yeah. So, so a typical day is, you know, wake up, I have my breakfast, come in here. First thing is, is I jump on the table. So I jump on the table. I, I work with Evan for about 30 minutes. Yeah. He works on the things that need to be worked on with my hip recently having a surgery there. He goes in and, and uh, releases the muscles. We kind of talk about where I'm at that day, what he thinks I need to do. And then he comes up with my program, which is awesome here. He writes it out right on the, the whiteboard. And then um, I have my own personal stuff that I do. So right. then from there, I, I release stuff, you know, like my upper back, you know, to get my T-spine mobility, my yeah. hips. And then after that, I'll go in and, and activate my hips. I've got a whole hip routine. I'll pick like two or three different things from there. And then I'll get my core fired up. And then recently I started hitting, so I'll start hitting. Uh, I've done T-work, flips. Yeah, I got a progression there that I'm going through. Yeah. And then after that, I'll take a little break and then I'll go in the weight room and then I have the stuff that Evan gave me, the, the sheet of, of the workouts and, and rehab stuff that he wants me to do. After that, I'll take a little breather. I'll, you know, grab a bite to eat. I'll bring in my food usually, uh, peanut butter and honey sandwich, piece of fruit, <laughs> pretty, pretty similar every day. <laughs> After that, you know, I'll do my throwing stuff with you guys, get on the wall, do my plow stuff, go through some long toss or recovery day. And then uh, end of the day, do, do a little bit of recovery thing, stretch out, kind of just see where I'm at and then uh, go home and try to sleep as much as I can and do it all over again the next day. That's great, man. That sounds like a full-time job. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I wanted to touch on that because I knew Max is very routine-oriented. And one thing that I've seen that is very linear with a routine is guy's success. Like I said before, like Jason Wirth is one of the ones that comes to mind. Um, he was probably one of the you know longest-tenured teammates that I, I seen do it, that I got you know, I was fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with, right? And this man was so routine oriented, it was not even funny. And I think it was, it was why he was the way he was every time it came game time. This man turned it on better than anyone else. And I think it was because his routine that he went through pregame, once it ended, it was like, let's go, I'm ready to play a baseball game. Mm -hmm. And uh, just for example, like this guy would show up, he would do whatever he needed, like you said, in the training room with his trainers, prep-wise, eat, do whatever BP-wise. Every day I'd go into the weight room to get my supplements, that part of my routine, and this man's in there 30 minutes before game time finishing up his, finishing up his intense lift right before game, because that's how he liked to do it. Mm. He's in full uni and cleats on the lifting platform throwing weight around. And he did it every day almost, you know what I mean? Like that was part of his routine. So how important is that routine to get, get you ready to play? And also that looks like a very like similar day to whenever you're in spring training, to whenever you're in season and you show up to the yard, like you're spending the same amount of time. So one, how important is that routine to you? And then two, how important is it to make that routine look like your daily in season routine? I think routine is everything. I think that that's one of the first things as a young athlete you should establish and know what you need to work on and surround yourself with people that are in here in this facility, you know, with, with time on, you know, the body side and how, you know, your body moves and what your weaknesses are and have them evaluate that. On the pitching side, you guys can cover anything head to toe as far as your arm action, uh, what your strengths and weaknesses on pitches, how you spin balls. 
So you're able to surround yourself in here specifically with people that are smarter than you. So I think that's a big thing as far as going into your routine is talking to people. Okay, what do you think I need to do each day? Listen, okay, if you do this, this, and this each day, like you're gonna see these results. You attack that each and every day. And if you don't see the results, then you ask questions. Not right. being afraid to ask questions. Yeah. Of, hey, I'm not feeling this way. Like, why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening? If it's not happening, then maybe it's time for a change yeah. and then you do your research and then you talk to other people and and ask them hey what what has worked for you this isn't working for me and then you're able to kind of come up with like your own routine and i feel that yeah you get a lot of good stuff from other guys but then you're able to chip away and know what needs to work for you and then once you finally establish your routine which i'm i mean up until last year like you know, each year it's a little different. Like right. Last year I added in more of, of the hot tub, cold tub, more of the contrast each and every day. A little less time rolling out, a little more time activating. Yeah. So I felt good last year by doing that and you're constantly evolving. It's not like something in complete stone that I have to do this. You have a good base, but you can always chip away and change that. And what that does, I feel like for, for the game and how important it is, you know that you've put the work in each and every day to get your body right for that night. And it gives you clarity to put the game on autopilot and go out and just play the game. Right. Versus if, you know, you're a little tight and you're like, yeah, I'm going to like stretch this out. But if it, if I don't like make it feel good, like it's going to be okay. And then you get on the field and your back's tight and you're thinking about it. Now your focus is on your back. Yes. Versus like, I need my focus to execute what I'm doing right now. So my routine needs to like check all these boxes and like i said it can it can constantly change there's it doesn't have to be in stone but if you have a foundation of what you do and you know that like you're feeling better and you don't have to feel you know as good as oh, anyone yeah. you don't have to feel great to perform great yes but you know that hey i'm gonna feel better when i do this you know i'm gonna go out there and, and try to execute that so it frees me up to go play the game yeah absolutely i mean um i know at least when my routine helped me be prepared and whenever I was the most prepared, I was the most confident in competition, you know? So um, I think that's a big reason why routine is so important. I'm gonna talk a little bit about your family, man. Um, that's one thing that knowing you is I've, uh, I've been fortunate enough to meet the Stassi family. And you guys are, uh, for people out there that, don't, that aren't local, like you guys are kind of a baseball family around here, right? And um, Man, I just want to know how much that has like just helped your career. And I know like your younger brother Jake was a pitcher. Your, you know, Brock was a pitcher at Reno and you know, ended up being a a hitter and playing in the big leagues. Um your dad's an amazing baseball man. Like I I I got to when I was training, you know, throw some bullpens to him and he was just he always wanted to be in the trenches, man. So how much of that just being like living, breathing baseball has helped you like just in general, man? I think it's definitely, I mean, they've all been huge in my career. Yeah. You know, we've, we've, uh, we played other sports growing up. You know, we played all, we played soccer, we played football, basketball, you know, baseball, obviously. And, and uh, so we're never really forced to play it. And I think that that's important at a young age to play different sports, yeah. you know, you train your body 100%. in different ways, playing those, um, different strategies, different ways to think. I think that that's great, but I mean, they've been huge throughout my career and my mom too. Can't forget forgot. my mom. That's my fault. My Sorry mom. about that. 
Well, my mom, she's the backbone and making sure everyone was, you know, getting to practice on time. And, you know, my dad, when he was coaching, my mom would take us there and, yeah. you know, uniforms that needed to be washed and, and lunches that need to be packed and dinners that my mom, she, it couldn't have been done without her either. But yeah, it, it, they've helped me out tremendously. And my dad being a coach, I think that my constant search to get better just came from him yeah. because he was always trying to become a better coach and go to different clinics and like I mentioned earlier, going to Sac City and listening to Andy McKay speak about the mental game, really buying into that. And then, um, yeah, they've, they've been everything. My younger brother, Jake, he's now in real estate, but, you know, seeing him, the way he went about his work and, you know, the things that he learned from Long Beach State and Sac State right. has, been, has been pretty awesome. But they are, they're everything to me and, and uh, yeah. Yeah, man, I know it's been fun, like, getting to know them and, like, getting, you know, just uh, what it's, it's probably been 10, 12 years that I've known you guys and just learning from your brothers, uh, learning from your pops that with the gold socks when I was coaching out there and just, you know, some things that helped, helped me navigate, you know, handling these young kids, man. It's been, it's been cool to, uh, to know you guys as a baseball family. Um, let's pivot a little bit. I want to touch on now, what do you think going for like a young, let's say a college catcher or maybe a minor league catcher, that one thing you would tell them, hey, to be a quality big league catcher, you got to have this focus or you got to do these one or two things first, right? I know when I had guys that I threw to in pro ball, they were either one side or the other. They were the guy that was all about catching, that wanted to know everything I was doing, that really invested in my, what I'm doing out there, mm -hmm. right? And that's the guy I loved. And then I also threw to the guy that could care less about what I was doing, and he's worried about getting his 2-2 heater and hitting a dinger that day. Like, so if you were to tell a young catcher, or maybe let's say your 20-year-old self, hey, what do I need to focus on to be a quality big league catcher first and foremost? What would that be? What would the one or two things be? Man, that's a, that's a pretty good question right there. I think that, number one, catching is extremely hard. So not being too hard on yourself. That's a great one. Um, obviously, we've all heard it a million times. The ability to separate your defense from your offense is everything. And I would say the communication, you know, between your pitchers and yourself and taking the time to invest in, you know, so everyone's about the Rapsodo now, the track man. Right. Taking time to understand that and why okay, why if a guy spins a ball, do we want to throw it more towards the upper part of the zone? Right. Why if a guy sinks it, do we want to, and he's got really good stuff down there, why do we want to stay down there? Yes. Having an understanding for that so that you're able to kind of help them connect the dots yeah. versus them, they are telling you this and this, and you're like, yeah, that sounds good, but you don't even have the understanding why. So investing your own time to understand what they want to do and just being able to have tough conversations also to let yeah. them know, hey, like it wasn't there, but let's come up with a solution. You know, that, that kind of goes back to the rap Soto and, and track, man. You can't argue the data. Yes. Like I think it's, it's a phenomenal tool. It's not the entire tool belt, yeah. but it's, it's about as good as it comes. So you're able to kind of connect the dots through there. Of, hey, like your fastball is doing this. This is what I'm seeing. I think that if we can change up this, this, and this, then we can give it a shot. And you're just giving them suggestions, you know, yeah. they're, they're the ones holding the ball. They're the ones that have the confidence, the conviction on, on the pitch that they have. But as far as the communication, I think that's where, where a lot of it comes from. And, and just 
letting them know that you're in the trenches with them. Yeah, letting man. them know that, hey man, like, I'm sorry it didn't go our way. Like, let's figure it out. Let's review it, talk about it, whatever. Take the time. Just being available. Being available is the biggest yeah. thing and not having an ego if, hey man, like I know you shook me off and I thought this was the right pitch. Well, we didn't throw that, so how do you, you know, know? Yeah, right. maybe the, the conviction wasn't there on, on behalf of the pitcher. And so you can't ever say as a catcher that, yeah, I, I was right and you were wrong. Yeah. So it's constantly trying to learn from one another. And uh, ultimately, I think as a catcher, it's best to have the conversations after of, you shook me off and then you, you give up a homer and then you come up to me and like, Hey, like, you know, what did you see there? I'm like, you know, I, I just think we just didn't execute it as well, but I just want to let you know the reason why I went to this pitch is because I was thinking this, yes. not necessarily that it was going to work that, Hey, this is what I was thinking. And then over time we can develop on getting on the same page because if I come and attack you, like I said, it's, there's a lot of resistance between us. And then it's, it's like, he said this. And then if, you shake me off, you keep shaking me off, I keep going to it, and then you throw that pitch, and then you end up giving up a homer. <laughs> now credibility is out, yeah, the, exactly. out the door. Right. So now you better have a good reason why you kept <laughs> putting it down there, huh? Yeah, so it's constantly just working on your relationship with the pitchers. And I mean, that was a pretty loaded question. I gave a lot of stuff there, and I could, I could still go on, but I would say those are probably the most important things. Yeah, understanding your pitchers, and everyone wants to hit homers, everyone. Yeah, yeah that's important, but... Like, look at it as two completely different jobs. That's like, amazing. That's yeah. a great way to look at it. It's, it's your hitting. You know, you got your hitting coach and you're talking with him. And then once you take your helmet off or take your batting gloves off, you're a catcher. And your pitcher wants to talk. Your pitching coach wants to talk. So having the ability to, to separate those two is, is everything. That's fantastic, man. Now going to the other side of the ball, man. Just from, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but just my experience of watching you in the hitting cage, you're a pretty technical guy when it comes to building your swing, right? But I think you and I had a conversation the other day how your success last year was probably one of your best years at the plate. I know just watching your at-bats, you looked like very comfortable. Like, I don't know how much of it made a difference, but I know when I was standing on the mound and a guy looked comfortable in the box, it was, I took it a little bit personal. Like, so how do you think you went from understanding all these things about your swing, the way your body moves, getting to maybe a certain, you know, I might screw this up, but a certain like posture or a certain launch angle or, you know, a certain attack angle, whatever these things that on the hitting side, I don't know what I'm talking about right now, but, you know, I hear these buzzwords. Um, so how do you separate the very technical stuff and then just going out and still like, I know on the throwing side, it's, it's like this. Like if I was trying to achieve a mechanic in my side session or on the wall, if I went out and tried to achieve that perfect mechanic on the mound, I was setting myself up for failure. So what I'm getting at is how do you work on something in the cage and then kind of freeing your mind up to go face a, a big league pitcher who is just, they're nasty these days, man. Like mm -hmm. just getting barrel to some of these pitches that these guys throw now is amazing but like we still have to work on all this stuff in the cage how do you free that up to go hit a big league pitcher every night man man it's yeah number one like I said about catching hitting hitting is also hard like it's very hard and for me I've been around some really good coaches Jeff Albert who's now with the Cardinals uh huge huge piece in my career and my development as a hitter yeah our coaches with uh the Angels um those guys have been phenomenal John Maley and 
all those guys and, and that staff. And I would say the biggest thing is understanding what your miss is as a hitter. There's usually only two misses. Guys are either too steep or there is only two misses. Guys are either too steep or they're too uphill. Okay. So understanding which miss you are and then what is going on, what's creating that miss. So your body, um, there's certain things that is rotational athletes that will be limited, um, whether that's strength, whether that's mobility. And it kind of all relates back to what we talked about earlier as far as understanding what your body needs each and every day to yeah. go out there and perform the specific movements. So having that understanding and then being able to understand it and then almost dumb it down. Okay, okay like I, I need to do this, I need to mobilize this and, or strengthen this, and then I just do it and I don't think about it. Yeah. Like I know that this is, if I stay on this track, that it's gonna be fine. So having that understanding for me, knowing what like my body needed and right. kind of like you said, the posture, just simply like changing my posture a little bit, doing specific set of drills that I've learned over time to where I'm able to create a swing path that is towards the middle of the zone, which if you look, this is probably going on for 180 years, the game of baseball, the most damage is done in the middle of the zone. So I'm trying to set up my swing for the middle of the plate. Right. And I know the fact that the average miss in the big leagues, the data shows is like 18 inches, which is humongous in the big leagues is right. 18 inches. So those guys miss in the big leagues just like they do in oh, yeah. high school and college. They just don't miss as much and the stuff's better. So with all the stuff that you guys are doing too, with the tunneling and you know, the pitching is just, it's ahead of, of the hitting. Right. So setting myself up to counteract what you guys are doing, I'm trying to tunnel you where you get hit hard the most. Uh -huh. So if I know, if I'm facing you and you know you had nasty sinker slider, like I'm trying to raise it up. And I, I bet probably most of the, the hard hits and damage you gave up was probably up in the zone. Yep. So I'm gonna set my sights higher up and knowing that I'm training my bat path through the middle of the zone and I'm trying to you know, get on plane, you know, the midline of my body and then extend it out front, because the damage is done more out in front of the plate, yeah. that when I see it pop there, I'm swinging. And so my focus is in that area, and I'm so locked in there that I have the confidence to do that. I'm going to take a step back. I have the confidence to do that because I know the drills that I do each and every day yeah. provide the freedom and the clarity in my mind to be able to execute that. Like the drills I do each and every day are... You know, I might not feel as good or I, I might spend a little extra time, but I, I know that if, if I put the time in and I get the right ball flight that I want there, that I'm okay. I check that box. It's just like lifting. I, I, you warm up. I'm warming up with 45 pounds. I have the short bat, top hand, bottom hand, whatever. I do that. And then once I go into my front hip flips, it's like adding, you know, 95 pounds. Yeah. And the game is at 315. Okay. So if I want to get up to 315 pounds, I got to have this progression getting there. So if I'm at 225 and I'm a little off, I still have, you know, there's more resistance coming at me that I have some time to be able to get, okay, like I need to get here, 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 boom. Like I know my game plan for the night. I'm going to search here. So I'm trying to execute that. Okay. Like I've checked that box. Right. So now I'm getting more confidence and my, and my thoughts and everything are shrinking exactly more towards game time. So then when I'm out there, and you're facing a guy and you know there's 40,000 in there that I'm able to have my focus directly on the area that I want to hunt and if it's not there I, I leave it alone and you know it's not going to go 
perfect every time, but right, I know right. that with my routine in the cage, you know, in the, in the weight room, in the training room, that I can go out there and I know that my focus can strictly be on that for that night to try to give myself the best chance. Because yeah. it's never going to be perfect. Right. Hitting's it's hard, man. Hard. It's a hard game. It's the hardest yeah. game in the world. So that's... Uh, that's yeah. great stuff, dude. That's, uh, that's a uh, very in-depth um, uh, outlook to it, dude. That's great stuff, man. Um, let's, we'll, we'll wrap this up a little bit here, man. Um, what's next for Max this year? What are some goals... What are, um, you know, some things you'd like to see happen going into the season with, uh, with the Angels this year, man? I would, number one, I want to win a World Series. Um, I want to win a World Series. I want to win. That is why we play this game, to 100%. win. You want to give it your all. You want to stay dialed. You want to be available to your teammates on and off the field. And I think that ultimately, with all the player development stuff that's going on, I think it's phenomenal, but let's not lose the vision of like winning like w there's nothing better than winning we've both been a part of winning teams oh, yeah. and when you're there every single day and you give it your all and and then when you come into that clubhouse and the music's blaring everyone's fired up that's all that matters and you know i want to i want to win and and uh just contribute i want to contribute i mean everybody wants to do good yeah like yeah. nobody wants to not do good and you know so your individual stuff i think it can come as a byproduct of like we talked about, your routine each and every day. And yeah, I have a vision of what I want to do, but I know that the most important thing is the things that I can control of my effort, my focus, my intention, and kind of just letting it, letting it happen from there. But I want to win. Hey, man. I always go back to a quote that uh, one of my coaches in Washington said, Bobby Henley, he's uh, from L.A., Lower Alabama. He would tell us there's no, no better feeling, boys, than that of champagne running down the crack of your ass. <laughs> so uh, I can definitely get on board with that, man. I had a few, uh, you know, a couple times in the big leagues where we sprayed champagne, and I'll go back to it. There is no better feeling than that, man, especially if that's what you work for. Um, we're going to flip this a little bit, man. Like, uh, you've known me for a long time. I'll let you run a question here. What do you got for me? Oh, man. Why should an athlete come here to train? What separates you guys from any other place in the area, country? Just why should they train here? That's a great question. You know, um, me being the owner of Optimum Athletes, I think what we want to do better is, I have a saying, if you can impact a person, you can impact a player. So I think that, and I want to be the shop that when, we, when you walk in the door, you feel like an entire staff cares about you. And I want to care about these kids, the, you, more so as a big picture type thing. Like, I want to know that you're doing well, even when you're not playing well. Like, mm -hmm. that you're okay coming in here, we're going in the right direction. And I just think developing the person more so, man. Like, we're not the best at the world at research and development. I'm probably not the best throwing coach in the world. Like. I don't have the smartest staff in here, but I got a bunch of people that care about you when you come in the door. They're going to invest in your process. Mm -hmm. They're going to take the time and we're going to find out what you need. And we're going to get to the bottom of getting you better at the end of the day. So I, I, I mean, I hope you can agree to that. And um, that's the approach I try to take to anything, man. When I try to, uh, I try to impact the person before I impact the player. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. If you could do one thing different in your career, looking back, you had a very successful career, but if there's one thing that you could do different, what would you do? Man, I think I would have, um, 
I would have done exactly, and this is what I said, like I, I look up to the way you go about your business, man. And I think I went about my business very well, but I left it to other people to find the answers for me. I just, when they put it in, in front of me, I did it harder and with more focus and more intent than anybody else I feel like. But I didn't spend the time on the back end trying to educate myself and trying to put more bullets in my gun. Not to like be an asshole when it came to, you know, challenging a coach, but I love it when a kid asks me like, why am I doing that? And they'll stop right there. And I, now I have to hold up my end and be able to explain why I'm doing that. And I didn't ask why enough. I was just like, oh, cool. You must know what you're doing. I'm doing that and I'm doing it to the best of my ability. So I feel like without educating myself, kind of like that's why I want to touch on like how did you get so good and why did you get so good at, at educating yourself and making, making your routine and your process yours. I try to empower our athletes that they have a say-so in their career. And I feel like I let everybody else kind of have a say-so on what I did. And I just did it at the effort level and, you know, the focus I wanted to. So I think if I could get it, be a little bit different as I would get in the trenches and I would educate myself a little bit more on, on why we do certain things. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, that's good stuff, Max. Um, of course, I'll be rooting for you. We'll put a finish on this off season. Um, we're getting close to putting another one in book in the books. I appreciate you trusting, uh, us to be a little piece of your process, man. And I wish you nothing but nothing but success for the rest of your career and, and for 2021. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. Thank you.